Welcome to Leaders in the Arena. My name is Jenny Whitener, CEO of Bridge Innovate, and we are a global network of business strategists, consultants, and designers that team up with you to spark distinctive strategies, courageous leadership, and agile change. This podcast is designed to share valuable insights and lessons from our clients and our network to support your growth journey. Today, we'll be talking about daring leadership. In fact, the rhetoric on traditional leadership can be traced back to the industrialization pioneered by Henry Ford and Frederick Taylor. Leadership was hierarchical and focused on direction, command, and control. But according to the International Institute of Management Development, today's leaders are very different. And the skill sets that are required to lead in the complex environments that are required today are emerging. Some of the research are calling for traditional skills like relationship building, but also the ability to be very agile and adaptive. Innovation and creativity is considered to be a standard, and how we engage with employees is really up for discussion. So today, I'm just thrilled uh, to share with you our very special guest, Florence Broomfield, who will be talking about this concept of leadership, specifically daring leadership. Florence currently serves as the Director of Learning and Development at UNAM. She's a passionate change agent. I've had the pleasure of knowing her for almost a decade and thrilled that we have her here today as a guest. She brings a specialized knowledge in management, performance consulting, and facilitation and to work with her clients to bring out the very best for her leadership teams that she works with in the organization. She's been with UNAM for over six years and so without further ado, it's my pleasure to say a very warm welcome to Florence Brumfield. Welcome, Florence. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Anything else you'd like to share with the audience in terms of your background or a bit more about yourself? Um, well, I always like to kind of give the trivia of um, I'm a Brit based in Tennessee. Um, I moved here 10 years ago and I and I lived in China for four years before that. And I think uh, that really does inform a lot of how I perceive and work and interact with the world. And so I always feel like that's important to share as well. Right. Just thank you. I mean, I think having that diverse perspective is such an asset today and you've got it naturally. So that's fantastic. Um, today, we really wanted to spend some time talking about the call for leadership. I know it's dear to your heart and to mine as well in the work that we do jointly um, and in, in and around the marketplace. So why don't we just start with just talking about daring leadership. From your perspective, what is daring leadership? Yeah, so, um, you know, I came to hear about this concept um, in more detail when I read Brene Brown's book, 2018 book, Dare to Lead. Um, but I know that the fundamental principles, as you said earlier, have kind of been around for a while. Um, at the root of it, daring leadership, I think to me at least, is, is courage, vulnerability, empathy, and authenticity, which have uh, really been given, I think, a new focus through Brene Brown's um, framework and the way that she took that style or that type of leadership style into a contemporary context. And then you have like uh, other thought leaders in this area, like Celine Schillinger, um, who've contributed and really expanded on that concept over the past few years. So, you know, this has resonated a lot with me over the last 
uh, three years in particular, you know, pandemic and, and other leadership challenges that folks face, um, we just never would have predicted 10 years ago. And so I really feel like more than ever, we've needed to sort of depart from conventional leadership styles and embrace um, daring leadership. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, we we're seeing a lot of organizations reach out and look at enhancing the amount of leadership development training they're offering in their organizations. They either have new people moving into leadership roles, new leaders that have transferred in that brought in different skill sets or cultures from other organizations. Just the whole great migration has created a new cadre of leaders uh, for many of the organizations today. So I think this discussion on what are the skill sets, what are the attributes that we're looking for is really timely. Talk to me a little bit more about the teaching from Brene Brown and Celine Schillinger, because it's it's fascinating how they bring these two concepts together. Yeah, so both of them, both Brene Brown and Celine Schillinger have some consistent themes on these concepts, but they really do have a distinctive view, um, you know, they both explore the importance of courage and vulnerability and, and really purpose and leadership. But, you know, Brene Brown's Dare to Lead emphasizes like vulnerability as strength within conventional leadership structures. So, you know, sort of organizational structures that we're familiar with. While Celine Schillinger's Dare to Unlead really delves into the unconventional purpose-driven leadership um, advocating for a, for a shift from sort of our traditional hierarchical models towards a more inclusive and collaborative approach. So Brene Brown's like work is more of a framework, I'd say. It's a very useful tool. And in fact, I was really fortunate enough to participate in a two-day workshop with a certified Dare to Lead practitioner where I was able to practice and implement Daring Leadership. Um, that was a great experience. I really enjoyed that. That was pre-pandemic. So, you know, I'd love to go back and look at that again um, with a new lens. But mm -hmm. I recently read Celine Schillinger's book, and it really struck me as a very different kind of leadership book. It's not a framework. Um, it's not a toolbox per se. It's, it's really using the French concepts of liberty, um, equality, and fraternity as the lens through which she shares her personal experience of how she became an accidental activist at a global pharmaceutical company. And she really advocated for equality in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And she really, um, in her book, she really experience, uh, speaks from experience about how, you know, she was an authentic and relational leader, challenging hierarchies um, to make systemic change and building communities um, while aligning everything to a purpose-driven leadership, which, which, which I thought was really neat and really resonated with me at this, at this time. Right. I mean, just hearing you articulate some of the key points from Celine's um, research and writing, her her position on leadership makes me think about um, some of the work from Adam Grant with, from his book, Think Again, where he talks about confident humility. It also makes me think about some of the work that's, or I guess, the research that's recently been published by Gartner that talks about the need for human leadership, this concept of bringing it together, vulnerability, empathy, this purpose-driven, all these components that are very reflective of who we are as humans, right? And so who we are to be, how can we be confident, but yet humble? I love this aspect of leadership that in the historic span, people thought might have been weak, but in today's world, an essential element for engaging with our teams and really for igniting the best possible 
performance with our teams. In fact, talk a little bit about the competencies that you see um, at this level of leadership called out by Brene and Celine. Yeah, and, and I think there's a there's a lot, you know, we probably need another hour to talk about that. Um, but, you know, there were a few that really I took away from um, both of those books. And, and the first one is continuous learning and development, which, of course, is close to my heart as a learning leader. Um, it's really important for me to see how learning and continuous learning for a leader and development plays um, really a key role in daring leadership and building a culture of, of learning um, leadership too. So it's the practice of being receptive to new ideas and adapting based on that new knowledge gained that demonstrates learning agility and utilizing that sort of application of your new knowledge and learning from that is a feedback loop that can build a learning culture. Um, and it also leads to adaptability and flexibility, which I think is really essential to drive the systemic change that, you know, Celine talks about and, and Brene does too, um, and really navigating new challenges that leaders face. Right. I think another one too um, is the competency um, of purpose or, or value-driven focus. So Brene and Celine both are driven by a really clear set of values that inform their daring leadership. And Brene really discusses the importance of aligning individual and organizational values with a greater sense of purpose. Um, her emphasis is more on sort of vulnerability and courage in day-to-day -day leadership. Celine, on the other hand, advocates for anchoring leadership actions in a deeper sense of purpose. So really aligning what you do with societal missions for meaning, info, meaningful impact. And of course, you know, we, we've all read those articles about how newer generations coming into the workforce need that as a, a motivator and an engager in the work um, environment. So I, that also resonated with me. Um, and then the last one I'd say that really stood out was this sort of idea that Celine calls uh, fraternity, which is the drive to build community and connection. Um, so in Brene's book, her focus is on vulnerability and how that builds trust, connection and innovation. Um, and then Celine talks more about like social capital and the importance of breaking free from the hierarchical structures to build communities and affect change. So I think like those three competencies really enable leaders to effectively navigate the complexities of contemporary leadership and drive positive change within their organizations. Yeah, very well said. I think, you know, in reflecting on the historic um, sort of pre-COVID and even back to the earlier phases of the industrial age where leadership was more around directing and being right and being the you know, the most knowledgeable person in the room to now just hearing you talk about the competencies of leadership in the future. It's really around um, asking questions, uh, having an authentic understanding, living true to your values, um, being vulnerable enough to say, I don't know the answer. Let's figure it out together. Or what might you think would be the answer? Or how do you see the solution going forward? It's sort of being able to be the leader that brings forth the best perspectives from your team versus directing them. I love this, this compare and contrast. And I think organizations that have really helped leaders transition to this new approach, this more vulnerable, more authentic, uh, purpose-driven approach to leadership, they're having a better result. So talk about you know, how we start leaders going down that path. Many would say self-awareness is the first step, 
So what's your thoughts on that? How do you, how do you open up the lens of self-awareness for leaders to begin to explore? How, am I the leader of the future? Am I really exhibiting these competencies and how do I build them? Yeah, I, I think you, you've you hit the nail on the head, right? Uh, Self-awareness is the first step. It's foundational for daring leadership um, because if you, if you can't reflect, right, and you can't um, sort of uh, be self-aware of, of where you're coming to the table, um, I think it really does impact your ability to embody those traits or competencies of, of daring leadership. You know, it's it's not going to be possible to achieve vulnerability and courage and authenticity, authenticity without some of that self-awareness of how you show up as a leader, uh, whether you have the title or not, you know, um, you have to sort of do some self-reflection and, you know, Celine, when she talks about her work and what she did in the pharmaceutical company that she worked at, she was really aware of her own privilege and the importance of using that privilege to advocate for equality and creating space for community building. Um, so she saw that hierarchical structures and leadership were not serving all, but she recognized that she was more, more privileged um, in that space. And so she used her agency and also her daring leadership to, to drive change um, and then vulnerability and connection won't happen with without some self-awareness and, and sharing of your own emotions, fears and limitations. I think that that traditional perception of, of strong leadership that shows no vulnerability really just hasn't translated well to modern societal challenges. People want to see uh, vulnerability, recognition of you know capacity limits or even skill limits. Um, and ultimately, I think, holding that back or, or not exposing that leads to a lack of emotional balance. You're not able to um, handle difficult situations and re remain composed under pressure if you're kind of harking back to that strong leadership. And so um, I think it's really, really key, that self-awareness. I would agree. And I want to go back to one of the very first competencies that you talked about. I guess it was really with um, Brene's uh, work around courage. Often when we invite leaders to really dig into self-awareness, it takes a great deal of courage mm -hmm. uh, to really be vulnerable, to open yourself up and to question, uh, you know, do I see myself clearly? Do I really understand how I'm coming across to others? And are, are, do I have the courage to first reflect and see that? And then do I have the courage to maybe uh, chart a new path or to build a new approach or to develop a new behavior. Um, all of that takes determination and courage, I think, along the way. So I love how that comes to light in this building. And I, one thing to add to that, I think it's a continuous practice too, right? It's not, I've done this now, I've reflected and I'm moving on. It is a continuous muscle that we have to build. I don't think it's a, a one and done for sure. Absolutely. In fact, that takes me on to the next question I was going to be talking with you about today in terms of talk about the leadership team um, and when a leader chooses to be daring, what are the implications for that? How does it play out in the organization? Yeah, so I think um, when a daring leader is part of a leadership team, it can be both positive and perceived as challenging for team dynamics and organizational norms. So, you know, 
the the wins are that you're aligning work to values and purpose and so it can really be inspiring for others to do the same it can create like a culture of courage where you are encouraged to challenge the status quo and feel really empowered to voice your opinions and ideas and it can also create a, a really good strong culture of learning and innovation that helps employees to feel empowered and engaged but i think it also on the flip side of it can be perceived especially initially as rocking the boat or revolution in the system um, whenever you challenge the status quo there will always be someone who's uncomfortable with this change right to a system that has served them well as they've moved through leadership roles so i think ensuring alignment with the team overall goals and values are really essential for the successful integration of the practice of daring leadership within like the team as well as the organization right and i you know when i hear you talk about challenging the process i think you know in many previous decades, you'll see great leaders like Deming talk about continuous improvement, which was an, an entire methodology and mo momentum around challenging the process. And so I think today, when leaders disrupt or question or bring into focus something that's different, and it's just not part of the normal routine, people are like, what is this challenging the process? Right. You know, but that's where we need leaders to have the courage to stand up, to really, even to invite their team to question, um, to identify opportunities, to, to articulate possible new ways of doing a better job or to providing more of an equitable environment with their teams. And so I love this fact of, you know, ask, positioning the leader to be the catalyst for inviting that challenge. Um, and, and then others would model the way right there along with them, right? For them to first do it and then to invite their team members to go along with them. So talk some more about this. I know you're gonna be talking uh, in January. We're fortunate to have you lead a discussion on the book, Dare to Unlead. In fact, I wanna invite all of our listeners today. You can join us at this Wilder Library session on January the 24th. Florence will be talking about that book, um, the, the material there in Dare to Unlead. We'd like for you to register by January the 19th. You can join virtually, or you can come join us here at the Bridge Innovate studio and enjoy a glass of wine and dinner with us here with Florence Live. But, Talk a little bit about why we should dare to unlead. Give folks a bit of an insight into the what our discussion will be in January. Yes, and I'm looking forward to to that discussion and digging in deeper with folks. Um, but you know, in my my thought process is that daring to unlead starts with our self reflection, self awareness of our own values and mission. Um, seeking opportunity to build those connections and networks outside of the structures that we live in, right? Those structures that we all know, um, you know, uh, exist in our work environments, in our in our social lives to to drive fundamental change and consider what is possible on that road less traveled. Um, I really think, to me, daring to unlead doesn't require a promotion or you know a title or a directive to do something even it is really relational leadership capacity and skills to affect change so i just love the idea that you can do more um and do it faster with this kind of leadership um, instead of putting it all on the shoulders of the few let's think about how we can empower and engage 
anybody to to utilize daring leadership in their role and and we should be telling the story of the value that brings as well which is really important um you know especially as we think about that in our work environments mm -hmm. i think uh, your comments today really help us to understand the importance of investing in leadership development. I think many think that you're just born with it and some are born with some natural acumen, but to really be all that you can be as a leader, whether as you said, if it's a role that you play, a position that you have or how you execute yourself day to day, you can, you can be a leader in any of those arenas and you can develop more potential and greater capacity as a leader by studying these uh, different aspects and then making a commitment of self-awareness and ongoing development along the way. So anything else you'd like to share today around daring leadership or um, this concept of inviting leaders to be different in today's society? I just, I, I'm really looking forward to our discussion in January. I think, you know, I, I'd love to hear how others could see, especially this book is written from a French lens, the, the Celine, Celine's book. I'd love to think about how we can take these lessons and apply them in, you know, the, the culture that we work within. And um, I'd love to hear some different examples of that. So I'm just looking forward to that discussion. Okay. All right. That's a great challenge for us all thinking into January. Thanks for being a, a guest with us today, leader in the arena. We always ask all the leaders who join us for one piece of advice that they would like to share with other leaders in the arena, what comes to mind for you? Oh, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, especially off the coattails of this, this conversation, I think being open to uh, what others can teach you, no matter what your title or your experience is. Um, I think this really includes like active listening and internalizing others lived experiences and viewpoints is really key. Like I mentioned, you know, I've lived in a couple of countries. Um, I've also worked in several different fields. You know, I haven't always worked um, in the insurance field. And so this approach has helped me become more of what, what Celine calls a, a relational leader. Um, so I've, I've always been motivated by my values and advocated for change in any role I've been in, regardless of my title or the power that I had. So I, I think that's one piece, you know, really think about who you talk to, no matter what their experience is, they have a lot to, to bring for you. Excellent. Great. I can't wait to learn more in January. What's a great way for people to be in touch with you or if they'd like to connect with you further? Oh, well, I'm on LinkedIn, so certainly feel free to reach out. Would love to connect. Oh, great. Okay, thanks. And again, I want to remind our viewers today or those who are listening in that uh, you could join again with Florence at the Wilder Library session, Daring, Dare to Unlead. It's uh, scheduled for January the 24th, 2024, right around the corner. Register by January 19th at www.bridgeinnovate.com slash events. Thanks so much, Florence. We'll see you in January and happy holidays. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.